The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jarami, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national breaking and headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress and other high-profile public figures. Following the news, I have two interviews for you today. First, I interview the Oscar-nominated and Golden Globes-winning actress Sally Kirkland about the adverse effects that the Moderna vaccine has had on her. Then I speak with David Beckett, co-founder of Rblocks, a disruptive network layer blockchain optimization company based in Armenia. Here are a few news items. In the weeks following the 2020 election, former President Donald Trump's White House attempted to call the chair of the Mariposa County Board of Supervisors, a key county in the state Trump lost by a small margin to then-candidate Joe Biden, according to a new report from the Arizona Republic published Friday. The attempted call appeared to be part of a pressure campaign led by his then-personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and the Arizona GOP chair Kelly Ward to convince then-chair of the Board of Supervisors, Republican Clint Hickman, and other members of the elected body that supervises elections in Mariposa County to announce that there were voting irregularities in their um, county. As litigation related to the election continued in the state, according to records obtained by the Republic. Despite members of the Mariposa County Board of Supervisors standing by the integrity of the county's election results, which found that President Joe Biden carried the county by more than two percentage points, GOP state senators in Arizona demanded an election audit of the 2020 ballots in Mariposa County in April. Trap 2020, go! Woo! I haven't gotten to the end yet, darn it. <laughs> Tribe 2020, you guys better vote. <laughs> vote, vote, already did. Yep, woo! Vote, vote. <laughs> yep. All right, woo! <laughs> woo! <laughs> Trump 2020, <Yeah>. woo! <laughs> Yay, four more years. All right. <laughs> The Vatican has indicted 10 people, including an Italian cardinal, for several alleged financial crimes, including extortion, corruption, fraud, forgery, embezzlement, and abuse of power. The alleged illegal activities found by the investigation regard investments using charity money into extremely high-risk financial activity for personal gains, which include an investment in the fossil fuel industry in Angola that could amount to more than $200 million, according to a detailed report from Vatican News. Officials announced plans to demolish the remainder of the 12-story Chaplin Tower South condominium Saturday as the death toll of the partial collapse increased by two. At a news conference Saturday morning, Miami-Dade Mayor 
Daniela Levine Cava said the two more bodies were found at the site, bringing the death toll to 24, with 124 people still missing. The Blunt Post with Vic. With 200 films under her belt, Sally Kirkland is a film, TV, and theater veteran since the 1960s and is probably best known for the film Anna, for which she garnered the Best Actress Oscar nomination and won the Best Actress Golden Globes, the Independent Spirit Award, and the LA Film Critics Circle Award. Sally's first director in 1964 was Andy Warhol in The 13 Most Beautiful Women, Her 220 films also include The Sting, The Way We Were, Coming Apart, Best of the Best, Revenge, JFK, Bruce Almighty, Coffee Date, and Archaeology of a Woman, and most recently, Cuck and Hope for the Holidays. Sally is also an exhibited painter, poet, renowned acting coach, and ordained minister. Good morning, Sally. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? Well, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your uh, experience that unfortunately you're still going through with yeah. um, with Moderna, the yeah. the shot or the vaccine that you received for COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so first, I want to ask you how you're feeling health-wise as, as we are talking today. Okay. Well, with the Moderna 2, the first shot was fine. With the Moderna 2 which started for me March 1st. Um, if you want to be specific, it was at 1261 West 79th Street in L.A. Um, uh, at 2 p.m. I was given no information ahead of time. I was simply told to show up um, at this address. I'd come on February 1st at the same address and they said, we will send you an email weeks. And I was hoping that that would give me some information of what to expect. But the email never came. And so finally, a month, I went just on my own to the same address at the same time because my card that they gave me, my COVID-19 vaccination record card, said, a month later, right? So I uh, had the shot at the... Well, actually, to be honest, when I got there to the address, there was a big sign that said closed. No vaccines today. So there was nobody there. And I had a girlfriend. I don't know if you know the actor John Savage, dear mm-hmm. all that. Of course. He was on his way to Dodger Stadium on March 1st to get his second vaccine and I asked my friend, his girlfriend, if I could go with them and just chance it at Dodger Stadium. And they said yes. And we got there and we must have waited a couple of hours, maybe three. Um, Seemed like thousands of people. And finally it was our turn. And they got, he he was fine. They got to me and they said, Sally Kirkland, we don't have you on the computer. I said, yeah, that's correct. I was told to show up at um, 1261 by 79th. I went and nobody was there. So I'm showing up hoping that you'll take me because this is the date I'm due. So then the guy, 
actress and says, you're not the Sally Kirkland. And I said, you mean the actress? And he said, yeah. And I said, yes, I am. He said, oh, Miss Kirkland, okay. We'll do you right away. And so woman comes to the window, my right arm. And um, I would say within, I'm not answering your question, if that's okay. I'm just... That's okay. Go ahead with with, okay. uh, with what okay. happened, because that was going to be my okay. second question. Okay. I would say within uh, minutes or a half an hour, I got began to get a severe, severe headache, uh, the most severe I could remember in over six months, and uh, slightly dizzy, but mostly I was aware of the headache. And they dropped me home, and I decided to just put myself to bed, and rest, not knowing what was in this shot. And um, I uh, was okay. I mean, I stayed there all day. And then that night, uh, about quarter of 12 in the morning, I wanted to get up and go to the kitchen to get some water. I came in the hallway that leads from the bedroom to the living room, and suddenly the whole living room was spinning, 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 spinning vertigo. Uh, I felt like I was falling out of a plane. I fell to the floor. I sprained my toe. I sprained my ankle, broke my toe, and was so dizzy I didn't know what to do. Could not get off of the floor because I have a titanium knee. And so I just, with my butt, I got from one side of the apartment to the kitchen where my iPhone was and was able to call the building manager and say, you got to wake up and come get me off of the floor. So she came over. I'm still very, very dizzy and everything's swirling. And a woman named Courtney, she lifts me up. She gets me to bed, drink a lot of water, and uh, we make a date that the next morning we're going to do something. And I didn't sleep. But the next morning, sure enough, she comes over at, at 8 or 9 o'clock and we take me to urgent care in West Hollywood, and um, they don't know what to do with me. I mean, um, <laughs> that was March 1st. Nobody really knew too much then. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Oscar-nominated and Golden Globes-winning actress Sally Kirkland. Can I, can I um, interrupt for a second and ask you a question? Were, yeah. were you at any point, whether at the first clinic where you received your first shot or it at Dodgers? It wasn't a clinic. It wasn't a clinic. It was out in the street. Okay. The location. The location. Okay. And then the second one, which you received at the Dodgers Stadium. Did anyone yeah. ever turn to you and tell you about side effects or any immediate side effects and long-term side effects of Moderna? No. That's what I was hoping the email that they promised to send me two weeks after the first shot would tell me. But no email came. And so I just wanted to get it over with, you know, because my card said February 1st, March 1st. So there I am in urgent care. And uh, I can't remember. They gave me some kind of medication for dizziness. They didn't know what to do with the vertigo. I, I couldn't stand up or balance or anything. And, and there was pain, uh, like I said, severe headache, and throughout my body, and nausea, a lot of nausea thing. Oh. Um, that nausea lasted for three months. But anyway, it started that day, and um, 
doctor who I've been with 25 years, and I described what was going on, and he said, oh, what to do? I don't know how to treat you. We don't have any patients that are describing this. And I said, well, I don't know whether to go to ER. I, I don't know what to do. And he said, um, maybe you should go to ER. Well, I, Sally Kirkland, can't stand going to ER, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I, I was in no shape to sit for a long time. I just wanted to lie down and, uh, frankly, be on painkillers. Anyway, excuse me, excuse me, swearing. Um, so that was the beginning bit. And every day after that, I had vertigo, not as bad as the first night where the whole apartment was just swirling around and around and around, broken toe, sprained ankle, but enough so that I would not be able to get up and move around without the uh, swirling and the, and the uh, no balance and the dizziness and pain and nausea. One of the, one of the things I want to point out is uh, something that stood out when you said it, that the doctor said we've never had anyone that has experienced this before. I kind of have a hard time believing that because ever since the fact vaccines came out, we've heard about uh, side effects, different types of side effects uh, for different people. So I don't know how I feel about a doctor telling you that uh, we don't know what to do with you because no one else has had this happen to them. Right. Very frustrating. I was given by my medical doctor something called Meclizine, M-E-C-L-I-Z-I-N-E, that was supposed to stop the dizziness. But I was also told by the pharmacist, don't do it at night because I've always taken one sleeping pill in my life, my adult life. And he said, you can't do the two. So I chose the one sleeping pill to get through the night. And uh, I only did the Meclizine during the day, even though I was dizzy at night. But, yeah, you're right. They, he was at a loss. He didn't know what to tell me. Um, I also go to alternative health practitioners, and they gave me various supplements and megavitamin therapies and take thousands of milligrams of C and D and zinc. And I don't have them all in front of me, but various supplements that would just get my immune system as strong as I could possibly get it while this was happening. Now I have to interrupt myself. Months later, I'm talking to Linda McKenzie, who runs www.healthylife.net, where I've had a show 15 years, and she's an expert in uh, alternative health. She said that she had read on the Moderna website very early on, I want to say September, except that seems so early, but she's somebody who has spent 30 years with health journalism, right? And she said she read in small print, if you have had autoimmune illness, do not take Moderna 2. Okay, so I did have autoimmune illness in the 90s with my silicone poisoning. I don't know if you remember, I spoke out to the press. Correct. I had a silicone implants and I got just missed breast cancer and was ill for a year. Anyway, so she told me that months later and I said, God, I wish I'd known that before I took it. Um, and she said, well, 
they took it right off the website. They had it there like a matter of days, and it was gone. Just FYI. So, um, so what it's been like from March, certainly for the first three months, has been torture. It's been. Um, I, I've been shooting films I, uh, since March 1st. I think I've done uh, two or three, certainly um, two indie features and one short film, in spite of everything, where they were nice enough to provide a bed on the set, you know, where I could lay down in between every shot. And I've kept on with my life because I can't afford to stop, right? Have yeah. To make money. And um, and so the ongoing, nothing changed. The same symptoms, vertigo, massive dizziness, inability to, like if I closed my eyes, I would not be able to walk a straight line. So lack of balance, nausea, 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 pain, uh, mostly in the head, and, um, and neck, down to my back. That's mostly where it was. Anyway, I'm sorry I, to hear that, Sally. I, I'm really sorry what you're going through. It's just terrible. Thank you. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Oscar-nominated and Golden Globes-winning actress Sally Kirkland. You know, not many people believe me, Vic. Um, you may or may not know I have, uh, for the past year, four months since the pandemic, I've had... Reverend, I am a Reverend, Reverend Sally Kirkland, share spirit on live stream every day around four o'clock and people come from all over and I, we pray together, you know, I do blessings, I, people who are very ill, we stop and we pray for them, some people have cancer, whatever. And so I never stopped that live stream and in the course of it, I talked about the Moderna and, and then on my Facebook page, I wrote about the Moderna. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people came down on me and said, this has nothing to do with Moderna. Obviously, you've been sick all along. <laughs> that's, um, that's disappointing. I mean, uh, how could they know if they're not, first of all, if they're not medical doctors or scientists and they've had no access to you to give you a medical exam? Uh, it's so absurd how people react without really having the facts in their hands. If you know, I believe you. Um, I believe you. Well, they quoted verse and chapter that it must be the flu, it must be this, it must be that. And I would write, look, this is my body. This is my Facebook page. If you don't like what you're reading, don't come here. But um, you can't take my experience away from me. Absolutely. I've been, I've been going through it since March 1st. And... Um, and some people would back off, but for the most part, even close friends would come down on me. And uh, so I haven't talked to those people, Vic. I, I just like, <laughs> I've been in my own little zone. And the minute I see that on my Facebook page, I just bleed, you know. And, and or, more recently, I've put a paragraph out and said, Go to Robert Kennedy Jr. He has a lot of information on this. Go to Linda McKenzie, HealthyLife.net. She has facts, facts, facts. I, I give them information. 
go to VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, you know, where I've reported it. Go any place except my Facebook page when you have no information, really. And um, so that's the way it's been. The well, fourth month, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, you know, there might be some people who, for whatever reason, personal, uh, they react badly and such. But my guess is that you're you're helping a lot of people by talking about it openly. They may not always give you the feedback, but uh, this is important. My guess is that there are support groups out there uh, for people who've received the vaccine and are going through similar things that you're going through. And it's such a shame that people are denied their own experience and people want to take that away from them without really having all the facts in front of them. So uh, go right ahead. You were going to talk about your fourth month. I really appreciate your straightforwardness and honesty. It helps. It helps. I'm the daughter of a journalist. My mother was fashion editor of Vogue 10 years and life 20 years. So I grew up with you guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so the fourth month, which we're in now, June, it's gotten a little better. It, the nausea is better. The vertigo is still here as recently as yesterday. I had a vertigo experience. Every day I have a dizzy experience. Every day I have a pain experience. Like I said, I was up all last night with dizzy and pain. And um, so I check in with Linda McKenzie, who I wish I had her email. But anyway, she's findable. Linda McKenzie, M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, www.healthylife.net. Anyway, um, she tells me the facts as they come in because that's her job. And she told me last week that she had information that 6,000 people had died from vaccine 2. I don't know whether it was just Moderna or, or the vaccines. She said that her information is that Pfizer is slightly better. However, there's been Bell's palsy and heart problems. And that if she had to do it, she would do Johnson at this point. But she would stay very clear of Moderna. I saw a video in my first month of all of this where a very well-spoken African-American woman dated back to the clinical trials. I can't remember. Maybe you could tell me what year that was, but it was probably, what, 2018, 19, whatnot. And she was saying, verse and chapter, these many people died of cancer on Moderna, Pfizer, these many people got strokes, these many people had heart attacks, these many people died, and these massive amounts of people were getting autoimmune illness even 45 minutes, 45 days after taking a shot. And that was going from the beginning of the clinical trials to the date that I watched it. And all I could think about was, well, I wish I had seen this earlier. I wouldn't have taken the vaccine. But anyway, I took it. And uh, and so what I do to survive this, I, I take um, massive amounts of vitamins. I, I swim a lot. I walk a lot. I try and exercise no matter what pain I'm in or dizziness. It's hard to walk on the pavement when you're dizzy. I, lately, I've been holding on to somebody's arm a lot, you know. I have two or three people who help me to the doctors and help me to the grocery store, and I just hold on for dear life. Uh, three nights ago, I was with a friend, and I, I remember saying, I'm falling, I'm falling. 
and he, he held me tight and he said, no, no, you're okay. And I said, hold me tight, I'm falling. And, and that was some form of the vertigo, you know? Yeah. And um, so a friend of mine, she's not a, a physical friend, but she follows me online. She was having problems and she managed to get through to the FDA, a woman named Laura Carter. And somehow she said, there's a fairly well-known actress I won't give her last name, Sally, who's had four months of torture with this. And the woman said, I want to talk to that lady. I want to do a case study on her. So she and I talked briefly Friday, very briefly, because I, I was running around. And we were to talk today. So okay. I've called her three times. That may have been her and one of the calls coming in. And she wants to do a case study for the FDA. And I was thrilled. You know, I thought, wow. I'm impressed, you know. Well, someone's interested, and plus, you get to be of service, and, uh, you know, it's just one avenue to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And, and so, um, there is an alternative health practitioner named Dr. Ed Wagner in Pacific Palisades, who I've gone to since the 70s. Legally, he's a chiropractor, but he does so much more of it. Mm -hmm. It would be hard to put into words all the modalities he works with alternatively. He works with a laser, and I, I went into him in April, and uh, he, with his laser, visibly jumped back from me. He said, I have never seen so much vaccine, let's call it residue, okay? on somebody's brain and all over your body. And I don't know how to talk this language. I'm not a healer. Sure. But he spent an hour with me with this laser in theory, getting it out of my auric field, off of my body, and um, sent me home with alternative health supplements, no drugs. And I've been safely taking three of those every day. They seem to have helped the headaches and the nausea. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Oscar-nominated and Golden Globes-winning actress Sally Kirkland. It sounds like you're, you're doing, you're so proactive and you're doing everything that you can in different ways to really address this. And, you know, hopefully the, the case study and also further information and you know we just hope that moderna does the right thing and provides more information for uh, people who haven't taken it yet and people who have like yourself um, right. but it just seems like you're doing um, all the right things before we run out sally um, i want to ask you uh, this one last question is what would you want uh, people to know what would you like to tell people about your experience and uh, just uh, maybe a little advice or a little message from you? I would search out Dr. Ed Wagner at Pacific Palisades, who doesn't mind going public because he's been treating this for months and months and months. I was there four days ago, and sure enough, he said, it's back again. It's all over your brain, your neck, and down to your toes. He said, I've never seen anybody with it this bad. I would do that. I would take at least 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day and up to 10,000 vitamin D and zinc. I would exercise, keep the body moving no matter what. I would, um, frankly, if I were to do it again, I would not take it. 
uh, particularly, particularly if you've ever had cancer or like me, Epstein-Barr virus or chronic fatigue syndrome or any autoimmune illness which makes you more vulnerable in your immune system. We do not know what they put in these injections. Uh, in theory, the FDA was going to approve it in 2023 or 2021. Still nobody knows. It was what an experimental code they called it. So my advice would be, now there's something happening, which I admit a lot of people aren't being able to work. They're being fired if they don't take the vaccine in the workplace. I read about this in the LA Times as recently in the last two, three days. My heart breaks. I'm very excited to see the, the Methodist Hospital where the doctors and the nurses are suing. They're doing whatever they have to to not be forced to take the vaccine. And more people doing that and, and going to the press, the more we can get the information out. Well, Sally, I, I want to first, I want to wish you better health. Uh, you. Hope that uh, the worst is behind you. Uh, yeah. I want to commend you and thank you for being so open and public about your struggles. And I hope that, um, I hope that people are more open to receiving uh, information like this. And I'm sure that uh, you've already helped a lot of people by just talking about it. And congrats on, on your films. And yeah, I just want to thank you for being on the show. And if you have a, a parting thought <laughs> to share. Well, when, when, they come, when it comes time in six months for a booster, I'm not taking it. Um, okay. And uh, like I said, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't have done it. But I realize a lot of my friends are being forced to do it. I have one friend who's a musician and another who's an actor, and they're not allowed on the set or in the recording studio without taking it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of challenges that are still developing, and uh, it's too bad. Hopefully, things will be sorted out a little bit more now that a lot of people are vaccinated, but uh, perhaps we can do a follow-up chat soon to see um, how things went and how you're feeling. Yeah, I would love to. And I, w I would just love to say the name Linda Mackenzie, M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, www.healthylife.net. She has a, a health journalistic show. I'm not sure what time it is every day where she talks about all the facts. Right. The facts coming in on this. That's a great resource. Um, thank you again, Sally. I appreciate it and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Okay. That was actress Sally Kirkland, um, who courageously talked about the adverse side effects of Moderna that she's been going through for several months. Um, Sally, I thank you for your, for your truth, for your courage, and for being of service to so many people who'd want to hear this. Um, I appreciate your time, Sally. Thank you so much. The Blunt Post with Vic. A native of Columbia, Illinois, David Beckett is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, TEDx alum, Armenia enthusiast, and father of three. Living in Armenia for nearly 10 years, David has launched three Armenian ventures, a nonprofit organization designed to support Armenian runners, taught undergraduate and graduate courses in marketing and business development, 
and most recently co-founded Rblocks, a disruptive network layer blockchain optimization venture where he serves as chief business development officer. Good morning, David. Thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? Good, Vic. Uh, good morning to you. And uh, I guess uh, for me, it, it's more like afternoon, evening. So, um, uh, thanks oh, that's for right. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. You are in Armenia, and you are eleven hours ahead of us in uh, on the Pacific coast. That's right. Thanks for reminding me of the difficulties of the time difference. This is the this is the constant challenge, you know, being here and uh, keeping in touch with people in the U.S. But I'm glad I'm glad uh, I'm glad to be on with you. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm uh, I'm very happy that you got to be on the show. I met you and your beautiful wife when I was in Armenia just over a month ago, and uh, you are originally from uh, Southern Illinois, Correct. and uh, and uh, you know born and raised in Illinois. But you're married to an Armenian and live in Armenia with your wife. And how is that? That's right, man. So um, actually, it's been now 10 years. We hit our 10-year anniversary this month of living in Armenia. So we moved Congrats. here uh, in 2011. And, uh, you know, originally it wasn't supposed to be a, a permanent move. It was uh, initially just designed kind of to, uh, Irina was doing her PhD. My wife was doing her PhD at Cambridge University on Armenia. And uh, we were supposed to be here for a year or two to do research, and we ended up staying because we loved it. We fell in love uh, and got really involved in the community and built a lot of things. And just um, it's kind of a place that once you get in and you get sucked in, it's you, it's pretty hard to leave. Yeah, I can imagine. So just before we started, just, just in a general way, I want to ask you, what is the situation and, and your perception uh, of Armenia uh, today? Yeah. Um, so it's been a tough year, a tough, tough two years, I would say, I guess, with uh, COVID and with the war. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there, there are moments and there are days where you, you go out in Yerevan and it feels like um, people are just, you know, moving on and want to move on. And, and they're kind of figuring out ways to put everything that's happened over the last year to two years behind them. But then there's also sometimes just that heavy cloud that's hanging over because so much has happened to Armenia over the last year and a half, and it's still happening. I mean, we're still waiting for POWs to be released. We're still um, dealing with neighbors who are consistently and constantly aggressive. And, you know, while they're they're celebrating the war and talking about peace, you know, we're constantly looking over our shoulders. And, you know, just, I mean, just a few hours drive from here, we're talking about, you know, Azeri troops constantly uh, incur doing incursions into Armenian territory. So it's... Um, you know, it's, it's uh, on, on, like I said, some days it's, you know, you feel you have this feeling that, you know, now that the elections are over, the war is, is, is technically over, uh, people want to move on. But I think there's also that cloud kind of hanging over um, where there's just, yeah. you know, un uncertainty, you know, where, where what's going to happen next? Where are we going? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, hopefully one day the independent republic of artsakh will be recognized and this can all be behind us but until then uh, there are a lot of things that we have to get through so next i want to ask you about the election armenia just had an election and the acting prime minister uh, nikol pashinyan who was elected as prime minister in 2018 was re-elected by a by a landslide and so has that made any kind of a, a 
a change or effect on the country now that that's over with? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we've seen any changes other than the fact that, you know, you now don't have this um, grueling election cycle that was that we've seen. We saw over the last uh, month It was pretty heated. It was, it was uh, intense uh, for many good reasons. Obviously, you know, people are worried about the future of the country. They're worried about, uh, uh, you know, the, the neighbors. They're worried about what, what things are going to look like. And I think. You know, it's a little too early to tell, but it seems as though people have kind of put the election behind them and started, you know, moving forward. And I, I think right now it's just kind of just everybody's holding their breath to see what happens and see what, you know, if if Pashinyan and his new and his government, I mean, it's not a new government, but it's uh, now reelected government, if they're going to make changes, you know, if they're going to, uh, you know, learn from whatever mistakes they had made or or you know, obviously with the war uh, ending and, and but we're uh, still having POWs and all these other issues, if they're really going to move forward with those issues, I think that's kind of the uh, thing that everybody's waiting for. The bright spot in all of this, you know, I'm, I, I've talked to you many times about this. I, I don't get involved in politics as far as commenting on local politics. I don't tell people who I believe should have been elected because I just don't have enough context for that. And I, I don't have a, a voice in the, in the, in voting, but I do believe that, you know, having a democratic election again, and then the people's voices being heard again is, um, is a good thing for Armenia. Um, Absolutely. There, there was definitely a message sent, you know, with the overwhelming win. Um, I mean, it wasn't. It, it was. It was kind of not necessarily overwhelming, but it met the threshold of being the majority and and, and maintaining the power in the in the in the government. But um, at the end of the day, we need a balance of, of you know strong security, but also we need a democracy. You know, and I think um, you know because Armenians have to be the ones that lead their their the, and choose their country and choose the future of their country. So I think. That part, that part is extremely positive. Uh, Absolutely, you know, having a, 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 what is it? it's now what our, our second um, extremely democratic election that, that we've been a part of. So it's, yeah. it's pretty. Uh, that 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 part is good. Yeah, that since uh, Armenia's uh, latest independence from the USSR, which happened in '91. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with David Beckett from Rblocks. You mentioned security, and I want to ask you about this, because when I was in Armenia, of course, I never felt anything but secure, you know, traveling throughout the country and going to different places and such. And, you know, there are tourists there from all over the world. And... I think you feel the same way as me is that the, the you know it's an extremely safe country to visit or to do business in or whatnot be a student there are many international students there at different universities so uh, talk about that David a little bit yeah sure um, you know so it's two different security issues we're talking about obviously one is you know having crappy neighbors that are aggressive and have uh, played a long and, and uh, de- you know we're talking about centuries long role in and abusing Armenians, but uh, when we talk about the country itself, we're talking about an extremely safe country. You know, one of the reasons why we're still here, we love this place, we is because it's safe. You know, we've, we've raised three kids here. Two of them were born here. One, was, our, our oldest was born in the U.S., but came and moved to Armenia when he was two. And uh, it's it's extremely safe. I mean, my 
My 12-year-old, since he was nine, nine and a half, has been taking the metro, taxis, walking everywhere on his own. Wow. Um, you know, to piano, to basketball, to school, to different activities like today. You know, basically, the sun comes up, he goes, has breakfast, and then he's gone. He leaves, and we don't see him again. And it's... You know, you couldn't do that in the U.S., obviously. You couldn't do that in most European countries. You know, I've traveled. I've been to over 30 countries, traveled all over the world, and I've never felt as safe as I feel in Armenia. And I think that's 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 it's a huge bonus for Armenia. But it's a bonus on many levels. It's a bonus for tourism. We should, you know, tourists should be coming here um, more often because it's not only culturally, historically, and, uh, you know, attractions-wise and food and wine and everything else uh, significant. But it's also super safe. You, know, you don't have to worry about many of the dangers that happen in other developing uh, countries and, and uh, other, other exotic destinations. It's a really, really safe yeah. destination for tourists. Uh, you know, on top of that, I think for professionals, you know, we, Armenia is, if I was, uh, if I didn't know anything about Armenia today, other than the fact that it was secure and safe and I was a young, you know, tech person working remotely or working, you know, telecommuting, there's no reason why I wouldn't set up shop in Armenia because it's cheap, you know, it's affordable, the the conditions are nice, the quality of living is nice, you know, you can uh, you can work and telecommute from here, earn a good living, but not spend as much, and it's 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 super safe, and you have you know everywhere you go, there's a good internet internet connection, there's plenty of co-working space, and then if you need to scale up and bring anybody on board, the tech talent is huge here, and then if I was you know like us being a young family when we first came here just for you know as my wife being a college student and us being uh kind of just testing the waters you know it's a great place if you've got some stable income you know let's say you're in the diaspora and you've got a small young family and you've got some stable income you can work remotely there's no reason why you shouldn't come here at yeah. least try it out and, and um, you know it's a little it's, it's, it's a little different for people trying to jump careers um, but if you've got income coming in here, there's no reason why you shouldn't give it a try. Yeah, and speaking of that, you are an entrepreneur and you have a startup that's obviously it's based in Armenia. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, we so we just launched our blocks. It's a, it's a blockchain network optimization startup. Essentially, what we've done. Uh, is we've we've taken a team um, that has been together for over two and a half years that have been de- developing network R&D prototypes. Um, this is the beauty of Armenia. You've got all these geniuses working behind the scenes. Uh, and then I found them and I, and I realized we need to figure out how to commercialize all the great things they're doing. Uh, and we were able to build our own blockchain and um, and essentially what we're showing right now in our initial prototypes and our tests is that we're, our blockchain compared to other proof-of-stake blockchains is 40% more energy efficient and 35% faster. So with just those results and, the, and kind of what the big buzz on blockchain is, is that, you know, it does have some issues with energy efficiency and, uh, and you know, and, and inherent security and then scaling issues, um, we're able to provide that kind of layer so right now we we just uh we've just raised completed our pre-seed fundraising round um we're scaling up we're hiring a few more people and i mean look we could never do this kind of startup anywhere but armenia it's 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 amazing and the team is incredible and the the minds that we have in our team is 
it's pretty awesome. So, nice. so are you at a point you know, where I, people can find out about it or contact you, or that's to come? No, sure. You can uh, find us on um, uh, on Facebook and uh, uh, and LinkedIn. So we're R B L O X. Uh, and then if you want to check out our webpage, which is basically a landing page right now, just introducing the technology, uh, it's rblocks.io. So R-B-L-O-X.io. Gotcha. Okay. Fantastic. Good luck with that. Thank you. What, uh, what's, what's coming up this summer in Armenia that we should know about? <laughs> Man, let's just hope there, there's a lot of a lot of tourism and stuff is going on. Look, Armenia is always there's something always going on here, um, and I think if you if you if you love Armenia and you've heard of Armenia and you want to visit Armenia now is the time to do it because it needs the most support uh, more than ever. Um, but the, everything is, is is here. Everything's unchanged. Everything's safe and secure. Um, you know, there's. Uh, I think two of the big things that uh, people don't talk enough about in Armenia that uh, is growing and expanding uh, is the food culture. Uh, you know, Armenian uh, cuisine is amazing in itself, but the but Yerevan is a city and a hub of just amazing places to dine and go eat and have a good time is here. Uh, but also wine. Yes. Um, you know, Ar Ar Armenian wines, I think Forbes just had an amazing article talking about... Uh, uh, Armenian wines and the, and the struggles that they, they they've gone through with with their neighbors and with uh, you know a lot of Artsakh vineyards were affected by uh, the war. But uh, right now is a great time to get here and, and start doing wine tours, you know, because uh, some of the wine regions are still you know Areni and uh, are still not so bad in the in the summer if you can get out early enough or or, or later in the afternoon. Um, and it's 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 a great it's a great uh, trend that's hitting right now. You know, Armenian wine industry over the last decade has jumped leaps and bounds, and it's um, it's a, it's the time to get in and test it and t uh, check it out. I think it can compete, it could compete with the uh, um, Napa Valleys of the world. Yeah, absolutely, and of course cognac, which has been a staple for Armenia. <laughs> Yeah. So thank you for that, David. So before we go, I just want to ask you, is there a question that I should have asked you? Is there anything that you'd like to add? No, I, I look, I would, I want to, I, you know, as someone that loves this country, has been here for too long, uh, for too long, for, for a long time. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is that people need, need to realize that, uh, you know, uh, Armenia is a great place. If you're connected to it, test it out, try it out, come here. So don't just support it, you know, via charities and stuff like that. Armenia doesn't need charities. It needs it needs people. It needs people here interacting with the locals. I think there's, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things if I was, you know, going to have the, a good effect is, is being a non-Armenian and kind of bridging the gap sometimes between the uh, local Armenians and the diaspora and Armenians, because yeah. you know, as it, it, there's so much connection there, and yet there's so much separation. Yeah. And, I, and and I don't I don't think it needs to be so black and white. And I think it wouldn't be that black and white if you came here, you lived here, you know, it, it, or you you spend more time here, uh, because it really changes your attitude. It really changes. And 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 when I say come here, I don't mean just as a tourist, because obviously if you come here as a tourist, you don't touch enough, you don't feel enough, you don't get involved enough, but really come and get involved. And there's a lot of great programs like Birthright and other things for people to get involved. But 
Yeah, my suggestion is my suggestion is if you love Armenia or you're curious about Armenia, don't just think of it as a charity and don't think just think of it as a vacation spot. Think of it as a place that you can actively get involved in. Yeah, and of course, for for those that just want a vacation or travel, it is a, a magnificent sure. nation, just <laughs> stunningly beautiful in so many different ways. David, it's a good place to um, stop. I know you're busy. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time, especially since it's late night there, and uh, hope to chat with you soon. Thanks, Vic. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm always uh, I'm always open to talking about Armenia. So thanks for having me. Thanks, David. That was David Beckett coming to us from Armenia, where he is the Chief Business Development Officer for uh, Blocks. He also co-founded the company. Thank you, David, for taking the time to uh, talk to us from halfway around the world. Appreciate your time. Before we go, I want to thank my extremely talented producer, Ricky Herrera. And uh, of course, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Blunt Post with Vic. Please tune in next Monday at 7 a.m. for another episode. For more information, you can visit thebluntpostwithvic.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami. Uh, Both Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at Vic Jarami. That's V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Blunt Post with Vic.